call is being recorded. Die Hard. Die Hard. Discuss. <laughs> what? What a classic! Like, I, and it's like it's got all the good. Like, all right. So, when did Die Hard come out? Was it like the late nineties? Nineteen eighty-eight. Thank you. I knew it was in the eighties. I'm retarded. Um, it had every, like, 90s, or, like, I should say, every, like, 80s action cliche possible. Mm Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's so good. It's a fun movie. And if anyone, and if anyone looks, if, like, really wants to have the argument, it's a Christmas movie. It is. Which it is. Even if only I do believe. I do believe is the reason this is a Christmas special. It is. Fantastic. Merry this Christmas is, to all. This is uh so Die Hard's not one I watch every every Christmas. Uh, it but is I do one that I watch only, every Christmas. I only ever watch it around Christmas, but uh, another me, one, uh, another non-traditional is uh, Batman Returns. I always like to get in around Christmas too. Non-traditional Christmas films. Truth. I mean, I guess you could make an argument for Batman and Robin at that point. A freeze is coming anyway. <laughs> Batman Returns actually the- takes place at Christmas, though. Yes. But we're talking about Die Hard because it's Christmas. Just all around solid Bruce Willis having a bad day movie. Before that's all it, Bruce Willis's movies are. That's what Bruce Willis does. I love it. just how much of this movie he spends in a panic. Like he always looks like terrified and panicked. Yeah, something bad's always happening to it. Come out to the coast. We'll uh, hang out. We'll have a few laughs. Oh, when he's crawling <laughs> through the vent. Yeah. Come on out. We'll have a few laughs. And then he snaps the fucking lighter shut. And then that big German dude with the with the big gun was mm-hmm. like poking the ceiling panels trying to find him. And he's like, oh, that was, that was a good part of that movie. Like, I was actually, whenever I watch it, I know what's going to happen. But yeah. like, even still to this day when I watch it, I'm like, whoa. Oh no, oh no, oh no. Oh my god, he's gonna find him. Oh good, he didn't find him. Mm. Um, I've chosen for this recording session. I am drinking a hard seltzer. I'm drinking a a Three Birds hard seltzer. Maple pancake flavored. I made the mistake of not bringing a beverage to the truck. Hmm. This maple pancake hard seltzer... I so we had a tasting and I got a bunch of free hard seltzers, and I picked some specifically. I've also got a hot chocolate hard seltzer. Okay. I picked them because they sounded like they were going to be gross, and I got to tell you, this maple pancake hard seltzer not gross. It's actually pretty good. All right. Yeah. Merry that Christmas. I would take. I I will take your word for it. You know what I did have? 
was a wow. gingerbread Mountain Dew. A gingerbread Mountain Dew. Now, it seems that this is a holiday flavor only, obviously. Well, yeah. Um it's one of those sodas that you either absolutely love or you absolutely fucking hate it. Apparently. Uh I went I went to again, because I'm a dork, I went to play magic with a bunch of different yeah. people. And mm-hmm. someone handed me one and said, You gotta try this and I tried it and I it was just this is this is great and I drank the whole thing and he no one has ever made it past the third sip. You're, you can have them. Have a good one. Right. So so the cinematic world owes a debt to Die Hard, not only because it made Bruce Willis a household name, but also yeah. this is Alan Rickman's first first movie. And... He was so like old, like he was really so old. good as Hans Gruber. He was so good in everything, Alan Rickman. Yeah, never a bad performance from Alan Rickman. But this was at the age at forty. This was his first movie. Yep. Just shows never give up on your dreams, kids. I was reading uh, the scene where. Um, John McClane and Hans Gruber meet for the first time, and Hans is doing that American accent. Yeah. So that scene was largely improvised because they realized that these two had to meet because Hans had to see that John McClane was barefoot so that he could later instruct his goons to shoot out the window. To shoot the glass, yeah. So the entire scene was built around the fact that they just happened to find out that Alan Rickman does a fantastic American accent. I see that's great too, and like a lot. I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead. He spends the whole movie barefoot. He did. Spends the whole movie barefoot. And and the whole. The whole thing that leads up to that is the dude is the dude on the plane. Yep, telling him to take his shoes off and walk around and make his, make, and make fists, fists out of his toes. With his toes. Yeah. I'll be damned. Son of a bitch was right, and then all of a sudden mm. all hell breaks loose. Yeah. And like my first my first thought. Like I said to myself out like in my brain I was like what get your shoes get your shoes and I'm like mm-hmm. you wouldn't really have time for a shoe there's no shoe time for that shoes, yeah fuck shoes there's no shoe time fuck shoes so all right aside from John McClane and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Hans Group. Yeah. Who is your favorite character out of that whole movie? Argyle. Thank you. <laughs> him too. Just some young kid in this completely pimped out automobile doing yeah. what young kids do pimped out automobiles. <laughs> yeah, Argyle, hands down. Uh, and the hacker after him. What's the hacker's name? Can't remember. Yeah. 
you didn't bring me along for my personality. Uh, like Reginald Bell Johnson as as the cop. He was only in the first two diehards, and then he went. He was Carl Carl Winslow on on Family Matters. Family Matters. Yep. Yeah. With Urkel. Um, I don't think I've ever seen Die Hard two. I've seen Die Hard three, and I've seen one of the new ones, but I've never seen Die Hard two. Die harder. Die harder. How does the same cop keep having the same bad day? Bruce Willis, man. Seems like every few years in his career he has to deal with a group of terrorists. Mm-hmm. He should probably, think- like, change, like, his... He should probably go work for, like, an anti-terrorist organization. Like, he's a specialist at this point, right? Yeah, I guess. That'll be, so it's that'll important be to know... Gruber's men are not terrorists. They're just robbers. This is a heist. They pose True. as terrorists. I like when he's making the list of demands. Asian Dawn, the guy mouths at him. He goes, I don't know. I read about I read about time. them in Time Magazine. <laughs> Keeps calling him a cowboy. So interesting, interesting, um, interesting piece of trivia about Die Hard. I can't remember the name of the the novel that it's based on, but it is based on a novel. And Clint Eastwood held the film rights to that novel for like two decades, and always meant to make a movie starring himself. And then he lost the rights to the novel, and they made it with Bruce Willis. Imagine Die Hard with Clint Eastwood as John McClane. I mean, maybe. mm. (laughs) Clint Eastwood in his prime could have done it, but there wouldn't have been. I don't. mm. Do you think it would have been a Western at that point? Oh, no, it would have been... That was Clint Eastwood. When he got the rights to to whatever the novel was called, he was in his Dirty Harry days by then. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe his plan was to turn it into a Dirty Harry movie. Maybe. I mean, that makes sense. Could have worked as a, like, grizzled old retired Dirty Harry, I I would see going to visit somebody for Christmas and gets uh, trapped in Nakatomi Tower. Yeah. So Nakatomi Tower is 20th Century Fox headquarters. Yes. And Rupert Murdoch uh, charged rent while they were filming. I mean, are you surprised? No, no. But because it was under construction while they were filming, they could afford to, like, set off all these actual explosions and shit. 
a lot of the explosions you see are actual practical effects. That's excellent. Yeah. Obviously, you can't drop a computer chair full of C4 hmm. down a real elevator shaft. No. That would end very poorly for the entire building. Yeah. That's that's another one of my favorite parts of that movie. And he's just, he's just like sticking the detonators into the fucking C4 and he goes, fuck, fuck it. it. And crams like <laughs> five more of them in there and slams the computer monitor down on it. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a bad motherfucker right there, dude. Yeah. Um... Another fun factoid about this movie, uh, they did that shooting through the table myth on Mythbusters. Yeah? Or was that Mythbusters or that other show that didn't have the Mythbusters on it? I can't remember if it was either one of them. Um, I I can't remember another show where they did what they did on Mythbusters. And I'm I'm pretty sure that they confirmed that that was a real thing, that you could shoot through a solid oak table and kill somebody. Well, yeah, at close enough range, I'm sure. It's a bullet, man. It's not like yeah. you're shooting through a whole tree. You run out of table. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you have a chance to kill someone, don't hesitate. Bang, 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 bang. Thanks, Thanks for the advice. <laughs> So many great little one-liners. That's Bruce Willis in a nutshell, is great little one-liners while he's killing people. True. Like, Die Hard is almost a comedy as a film. It's pretty close. They, I was it's reading something. They like said they, that people like Mel Gibson and shit, on. they were... They were criticized all the time for, like, the quips and the one-liners and the little jokes they'd make while they were literally killing people. Bruce Willis did a ride-along with a bunch of different New York City cops, and they all have the darkest fucking sense of humor. Like, these, they, okay. this is real. Like, actual, like, detectives and shit make these kind of little quips and one-liners while they're doing dangerous shit, because otherwise you're just scared shitless. Yeah, and they I mean, have just a, such a dark sense of humor. It definitely takes a special kind of person. Fucking uh, God damn it! I was gonna say something, and now I can't remember what it was. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. You did not. I was trying to interrupt you. Hmm. Um. When the FBI arrive and you re- and you find out that the FBI were part of the plan, yeah, I like that it was Johnson and Johnson, no relation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't just say. like fucking side oh, when they're fl- <laughs> uh, I was in fucking I was in fucking middle school. You jackass. <laughs> I love after he's when he's picked up at the airport, he's riding in the front seat with Argyle. Yeah. He doesn't feel comfortable in the back. 
do you mind if we put on some tunes? Mm. Don't you have any Christmas music? This is Christmas mm. music. It's like in Run DMC. <laughs> Uh, it's a great movie great it looked good I couldn't get over watching it the whole time like the cinematography is actually like impressive like it's a good looking movie all the models they made mm-hmm. those are so cool I always I was always super into miniature models the precision of it <laughs> The attention to every little Alan Rickman. He's really the shining star. In that whole movie? Absolutely. When when he's in the office with that with that fucking guy. Fucking Ellis. Fucking Ellis. Can you despise somebody more than that fucking guy? Here's something though. The word Booby. Yeah, Hans, Booby, ad-libbed that line. But here's the, here's one thing you gotta you gotta give to Ellis though. When he went and he told them all about John McClane, he did not give away Holly and the kids. That is true. That was later at the reporters. But he 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 made up a lie instead. He did not give away Holly because that would have been like that, if he gave away Holly, they would have put a bullet in his head and they would have gone and got Holly right away. And the movie would have been over. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Fun fact about that reporter. Mm-hmm. He he's the like head scientist in Biodome. Oh yeah, he, he is. Like He's also same... in Ghostbusters, isn't he? He's the the man with no dick. <laughs> yeah. He uh he plays the same exact kind of character. Mhm. In every single movie he's in. Yeah, I've seen him in a handful of stuff and yeah, he's always that douchebag. <clears throat> he's one of those douchebags. He's a character actor is what you call it. Just like Reginald Bell yeah. Johnson. Reginald Bell Johnson just happened to get a whole TV series because of being a character actor. Carl Winslow. <laughs> Is that the beginning? Is he's loading up on Twinkies? He lists out the exact ingredient list at a Twinkie. Oh, I must have just bitten to a 20-year-old Twinkie. What the mm. fuck is in these things, anyway? Yeah, <laughs> they reads off the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had a Twinkie in years. I cannot say the same. Hmm. I would assume. But yeah, so many, so many of the... This was, like, if you look at action movies of the 80s, everything came together to make Die Hard. Like Die Hard's got little bits, all the explosions. You've got your Germans. You've got you've got your your one-liners and your jokes. You've got two cops working together. Everything about 1980s action came together to make Die Hard, and it's like this perfect like if you want to know everything you need to know about making a 1980s action movie, watch Die Hard. 
Um, family Matters. Family Matters, yeah, with, with Steve Urkel. Stefan Urkel. Where? Did, did that take place in Chicago or Philadelphia? I believe it's Chicago. Okay, never mind. He's not playing the same character. No, because I just thought about it because, like, uh, he said that there was a line in Die Hard when he said, oh, I'd rather be back in Philadelphia, or I'd much rather be in Philadelphia or something like that. All things considered, I'd much rather be in Philadelphia. That is actually a uh, W.C. Fields quote. It's apparently written on on his gravestone. All things considered, I'd rather be in Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, Bruce Willis says that every time he sees that scene where he's picking the glass out of his feet, he cringes. Like, he can't stand watching it. Oh, I don't blame him. He wore, like, special... He wore, like, rubber feet. Like, the same kind of thing that, like, the Hobbits wore in Lord of the Rings. His just weren't massive. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he would actually want to dig glass out of his feet. No. No, obviously. But it's so realistic and it's so gross to watch. Yeah. Yeah, no, they did a good job with that. Mhm. His um his wife beaters, like like his 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 muscle shirts, several of them yeah. are in the Smithsonian. in like the film history the film history section where you're going to find like the original Millennium Falcon in the USS Enterprise. Mm. They've got fucking James Bond's <laughs> Aston Martin and John McClane's wife beer. Such potent symbols. Like it's it's a pretty important thing like there were, I think I read there were like a couple dozen of those wife beaters in various like stages of filth. Yeah. Until the end and he's not wearing, he's not wearing a shirt at all. He's wrapped it around his feet. Yep. I love when he runs up onto the roof and he's got to get everybody back inside. So he just starts firing wildly in the air. That's what gets him pegged as a terrorist by that we- yeah. by that weird FBI agent. Mm-hmm. I've seen that guy in things. I can't put my finger on it though. Some like '90s police procedural. I think he might have been on NYPD Blue or something like that. Maybe. He he. I almost thought he was Edward James almost, but he's definitely not Edward James almost. He's too big. He's like a bigger Edward yeah. James almost. No, even all um, the incidental characters, everybody who has dialogue in this movie is an interesting character. Yeah, I mean, like, I was going to say the hacker, how he always used, um, like, some kind of sports metaphor when he killed somebody. Mm-hmm. Or somebody, actually, I don't think he ever killed anybody. He did not kill anybody. Someone else killed people, yeah. He was always behind the computer watching, watching the fucking security cameras and shit. 
the security guard, the guy who the guy who took over as the security guard, I had to Google it because he looks so much like Huey Lewis. Apparently, I, it's not. a common thought. He is not. It is not Huey Lewis. No, but there was. I think it was on Saturday Night Live or something. They did a. Uh, they did a, a Die Hard spoof, and Huey Lewis plays that guy. One of my favorite episodes, so Bob's Burgers, I know you you haven't watched much Bob's Burgers, yeah. but their their Thanksgiving and Christmas episodes are, are perfect every year. They have hands down, of, of all animated series, the best Thanksgiving and Christmas episodes. And uh, one, one of those Christmas episodes, it was supposed to be a student w- was supposed to enter a contest and and win with an original Christmas musical script that they would then put on as a production at school. And he wrote the Die Hard musical. And um, Gene, Gene, sorry, Gene Belcher, okay. the, the, the son on the show, he wrote the Die Hard musical, which was like a Christmas musical based on Die Hard. And... He lost to Working Girl, which came out around the same time as Die Hard, also takes place during Christmas, has nothing to do with Christmas. They're, uh, they're considered okay. to be like, like siblings as films, but the girl who did Working Girl, she won the contest. So they, they put on a production of Die Hard the musical like in the basement, in secret, and they're like squirreling people out of the the working girl musical like showing to come down and watch the die hard oh. musical in the basement. Okay. It's a great episode. Uh work hard or die trying girl, I believe it's called. Okay. Yeah. What a great What a great movie. I wish, uh, Bruce Willis is solid. I, I, I mean, I figured this was going to be a short one. It's just a, it's diehard. It's not like we, it's not like a cherished, like cherished memory from childhood. That's true. It's great. It's diehard. It deserves the respect. But yeah, no, I figured this was going to be a shorter one. So you want to just talk about say, Bruce Willis for a sec? Whoa, go for it. Well, no, I got one more thing about diehard. A uh, little fun fact. When yeah. Alan Rickman is falling from Nakatomi Plaza. Yes. When they were shooting that shot, obviously it's all green screens around him and there's a pad under him. The Mm -hmm. lighting is so that you lose sight of his face after a while because he realizes that he's safe at that point. So you can't really see the fear in his face anymore. Yeah. Something like a 10, 15 foot drop. Yeah, it was, I think it was 15 feet. Yeah. So what happened was Alan Rickman was holding on to, like, I don't remember if it was the director, if it was some assistant, whatever it was. I think it might have been the director. I think he might have just been in a harness that had, like, a release switch. Yeah, whatever it was. Um, When he begins to fall, they told him they were going to give him a three count. Then they didn't. And he... 
and the uh, yeah, and the the director or PA, whoever pressed the button, was just like they went one, and he pressed the button. Cause yeah, that, and that is a real fear reaction that you see yeah. in Alan Rickman's face when he starts falling. <laughs> There's another great effect like that in uh, the first Avengers movie. There's a scene where Loki is giving a speech. He's like talking about his glorious purpose and everything. And the Hulk uh-huh. grabs him and just yanks him off his feet. Yeah. So the way they did that shot is that Tom Hiddleston just had a rope tied around his ankle. And at random points, he had a whole speech that was written out in the script. And at random points in the speech, he would get yanked off screen. They would never tell him when they were going to do it. So that every time you saw his face as he was coming down off his feet, it was genuine. I love it when they do shit like that. I want to be the actor. Like, what goes through the mind? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, when someone does that to you that you, like, it's a professional trust kind of thing. Yeah. The ultimate betrayal you must feel, or even in in Tom Edelson's case, uh, doing it willingly, knowing that yeah. someone's just going to be a dick to you, mm-hmm. and to still deliver your lines on top of it. Yeah. Great. Do you want to just uh, yeah. so you want to talk about Bruce Willis for a second? You want to talk about Bruce Willis for a minute? What kind of a yeah, so before this he was Remington Steel, which is a TV series I've never seen. But he was Remington Steel. Same. No, 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 no. Pierce Brosnan was Remington, Remington Steel. Bruce Willis was Moonlighting. Sorry, but that's a TV show I'd never seen. Uh-huh. And he was also Bruce Willis was Bruno, and he sang like blues music. He released That's like true. a few a few albums as Bruno. Uh you remember Jersey Girl? In Jersey Girl, like the story revolves around Will Smith. And when it starts in the nineties, they're talking about how like Will Smith is never gonna be like a movie star. And that's what like destroys yeah. his career. It was originally it was supposed to start in the eighties and the main story was supposed to take place in the nineties. And it was gonna be Bruce Willis, not Will Smith. That Bruce Willis making his jump from from uh, TV to to movies, he was never going to be a movie star. Now he's Bruce fucking Willis. Yep. And apparently he is a nightmare to work with. Like, he's a good guy, but if you're working with him in a professional setting, he's just like, it's the Bruce Willis show. And you can shut your fucking mouth. Yeah, he worked with Kevin Smith on something, and like Cop I know he talks. I know he talks a lot about how hard it was to work with Bruce Willis. Yeah, it's it's his big "Never Meet Your Heroes" story. That him and uh, Chevy Chase. Because Chevy Chase is a piece of shit too. Another Christmas star. True. Yeah. Next year, we'll do Christmas Vacation. Another Or Christmas. Batman Returns. We could do Batman Returns. 
I think we That's, could do uh, like a non-Star Wars related Christmas special every year. I think this should be a tradition. There's so many we could do. Yeah. Fat Man Returns we couldn't use, though. So I would be struggling for a title because Kevin Smith has a Batman podcast called Fat Man. Fat Man on Batman. It would be a struggle for a title, not like this one, not like the amazing title for this for this episode. It's too good. Uh, so we're going to get together. You want to do... I think Monday evening would probably work best to do um, Star Wars Holiday Special. Unfortunately, most Mondays, I'm not free. That is true. You're usually with your mom. You went to see your mom yesterday? Went and saw my mom yesterday for uh, some birthday extravaganzas. Got your birthday presents? I did. Uh, my dad got me a set of highly sought-after magic cards, and I'm very happy with them. Nice. And my mom got me this cool, like, desk that I can that I can use to work on stuff while I'm sitting in my chair. Sick. Sick. Yeah. We got a we got a nice little package here from your mom. Can't wait to open it up when Melissa gets home later. You're gonna love it. I can tell you that right now. I am. I'm sure. We've got. I mean, you so have one already, don't you? Well, yeah, we've got our wedding, You've cord, got a which couple. is always on our bed. No, we've just got the one. Haven't been so fortunate. Uh, <laughs> but we've got a really great one. It's amazing, and it's it's always at the foot of our bed. We use it. We actually use it like constantly. It's our favorite blanket. Remember. Uh, repairs are free. So if anything ever happens to it, you just ship it to her and she'll fix it. I am aware. And the resizing on that quilt is also free. So as as he gets older and moves to bigger beds, she'll make it yeah. bigger for him. Nice. Nice. We still need a crib. We don't have a crib yet. We've got a bunch of stuff. We got his his nursery and everything just goes in there. And someday I'll sit down mm-hmm. and just start assembling shit. We need a changing table, and we need a crib. We're hoping. We got some... My wife, you know, she's got she's got some expensive taste. So we're hoping somebody is very, very generous. <laughs> well, uh, all I right, mean, folks. it's not going to be me, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. All right, folks, it's uh, the Christmas season. You can expect more holiday cheer from us uh, in a couple of weeks. we got a regular episode coming up next week, uh, our season finale, for which we give no mm. fanfare. No, we had a good we had a good episode anyway. And uh, after, had a good that year. Is, after that is the Star Wars holiday special. It was a good year here on Keeping Up With The Fatness. Yeah, let's take a second and unpack that. We can squeeze another 15 minutes out of... Out of patting ourselves on the back. Ooh, we haven't just we done haven't, this in a while. We haven't patted ourselves. Uh, let me check something real quick. I'm going to check our email quickly. I'm having some issues email with quickly. your mic, man. Are you? Yeah, there's I'm a lot of crackles. with you as well. Yeah, that's not surprising. It's this fucking dongle, man. Uh, don't don't say dongle casually. Uh, no emails. 
which is good. Yeah. Uh, oh, I wanted to check our wanted to check our downloads too because I looked at it earlier today and it was pretty good. It was pretty cool. No, excuse me, burped. It's a pretty cool number to look at. Both burped. Stats. All time. Three hundred and sixty-six downloads total. Wow. Year to date. Yeah, it's been a great year for keeping up with the fatness, man. Had a lot of fun. Had a lot of laughs. Got some emails. Oh, it's getting worse and worse now, man. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. How's that? How am I now? Better. Okay. All right, let's just... Let's just call it a night. All right. Um, follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Facebook, arguably most important. Leave us reviews yep. wherever you wherever you can review a podcast. Leave us a review. Tell your friends about us. And uh, oh, I'm hearing it now. Uh, tell your friends about us, and do not email us at keepingthefat at gmail dot com unless you want to talk about Star Wars. Period. Yeah. All right, uh, you'll hear from us next next week, then the week after, then January 2nd, we're going live. And uh, we can't wait. Hell yeah. All right, I'll talk to you soon. What a great way to kick off a new season. Yes, sir. Our season premiere will be a live episode. We did the same thing for season seven, and look how season seven turned out. We should. For which we we will uh, also offer no fanfare. No fanfare. None. All right. We don't do this for your accolades. We do it for our own amusement. Merry Christmas to all. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, Michael. That's important. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. uh, Happy Kwanzaa. Happy whatever you celebrate, man. Just be happy. Yeah, be happy and do it with friends. All right, brother. All right, man. I'll talk to you. Bye now.